0: Hello there, and welcome back to Check In, the Vanderlander Airports podcast. If you're rejoining us, I do hope that you've enjoyed all the episodes so far. In this edition, we're heading down a more conceptual path and turning our attention to digital twins. Discussions about digital twins have been gathering pace in other sectors, so it's not surprising to hear this topic surfacing in the aviation industry. To help us get a better understanding of digital twins and how they can be useful, I'm delighted to be joined by Vanderlander's Michelle Mack. So let's go ahead and collect Michelle from our virtual departures lounge. So Michelle, hello. Thanks for being with us on Check In today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Cool. So where are you joining us from today, Michelle?
1: I'm joining you from Vancouver, BC in Canada.
0: Ah, how are things in Vancouver, Canada? Is it sunny where you are?
1: <laughs> it's trying to be. It's uh, It's been a pretty good winter, actually, quite mild. Not any snow.
0: Okay. Okay. So before we get lost in our world of uh, digital twins, Michelle, I think it might be good for listeners just to learn a bit, a little bit more about your role and responsibilities at Vandlander.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, technically, I'm a sales consultant. So really kind of customer facing, trying to gather some requirements and turn that into a design that works for their airport. Um, so I've been working mainly on kind of some some larger projects uh, that are design build focused with obviously the O&M piece uh, coming in at the end.
0: Okay. And how long have you been with Vanderlander so far?
1: Uh, just coming up to nine years now.
0: Okay. So you're always in a similar kind of a role or is this was it a little bit of a career change for you nine years ago?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of started right out of school. Um, I started as a layout engineer, so really more mechanical layout focused, trying to detail the design after someone else had created it and then slowly kind of transitioned into okay i really like the design part so let's get more involved in that and then now it's obviously the i like to figure out how the design is to come or to be in the first place and understand the requirements from the customer
0: okay very good and uh, we come to the meat in our sandwich today michelle Um, So let's begin with a a sort of a rather obvious question. Uh, What are we specifically referring to when we talk about digital twins?
1: Yeah, well, the, the kind of out of the book definition is that it's a virtual representation or a virtual environment of a physical object or a physical entity. And that physical entity can be, you know, anything small from like a lamp or a computer to something larger like your house or a city. And the virtual environment is really linking the two. So you want to see how is your physical environment built and how to monitor it and really see what it's doing in in a virtual way.
0: Okay. So uh, just for uh, certainly for for my experience where I'm not so close to IT, what does that look like in reality? So I guess this is the – you have, like you say, anything which is real, which is good. So that's your starting point, the physical entity. And what about the digital twin? How How is that created? Where do you pull all your data in which to sort of make that more uh, come alive, I suppose?
1: Yeah, it it's kind of starts with a 3D model. So you have to have something to start linking the data to it. Um, so typically, this is a, a CAD model or a Revit model. And then you start to enhance it with additional data, really. So it's your, your live operations data or your controls information to start seeing real-time um, controls activity or you start embedding sensors into the physical environment. So you can monitor things like air quality or noise levels, or even like go as far as seeing where people are moving. If you think of an office building, you can put um, sort of cameras or sensors at the doorways. So you can understand how many people came in and out of the building that day. And rather than just monitoring all of these things on separate screens, you can actually get it in kind of this collaborative digital environment. So you see, you know, the same wall that you would see in person in your virtual environment and understand the sensor sits in the ceiling area of that wall and then you can track it that way.
0: Ah, okay. So it becomes clearer to me now. And are there any limits, you know, you talked about you can have a small object go into a large object, but uh, in in terms of today's understanding, are there any limits to the kind of digital twins that can be created?
1: Um, So far, no, not really. I mean, it it really comes down to kind of your computing power and, and how much data you're actually trying to handle but we've not really seen any limits. I mean, there's companies that are actually looking at making digital twins of the Earth, for example, and that's right. got to be a lot of data. So I think uh, that's a pretty good example of kind of how large it could be.
0: I think I'm tended to, to agree. If you've got a digital twin, which is the size of a planet, I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good limit that can't be beaten. Um, so maybe, do you know the, the history of digital twins? Do you know how long this technology, this, this approach has been with us?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know specifically how long, but it's, um, it's certainly a proven technology. It's been around for, for longer than we've kind of started to introduce it into our industry. Um, we're seeing it in like things like Formula One racing. They've been, you know, using predictive monitoring to know what's going to happen to the car, when it's the best time to bring it into the, the pit for maintenance. Um, we're seeing it used in, in cities, full cities, like in Singapore, they've actually built a digital twin of the whole city. And I'm I'm not sure exactly what they're monitoring, but, um, you know, it it could be anything. So it's been around for a while. I think it's just becoming kind of new in our industry because people are realizing the benefits and and they want in.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, In terms of you touched on a few other industries there, how how has it been working in other sectors, perhaps? I mean, you had Formula One and uh, the city there, which is a good example. But um, where else might we have seen digital twins in action?
1: Um, I, I think a really good example is actually NASA. Um, they built kind of a digital twin of the equipment that they're going to send up to to Mars or the moon. And they want to basically see how it's going to react in, in that type of environment without first sending it up there and then realizing maybe problems or troubleshooting that they need to to do on the equipment while while it's on Mars. So now they can kind of simulate that environment on Earth and see if the equipment's going to function as it's supposed to when it goes up into space.
0: Ah, okay. That's a really, uh, what I like there is that that you can really imagine how that is a benefit to someone like NASA because you can't obviously go to Mars and Moon on a weekend. So having that (laughs) knowledge transferred to the approach now is obviously quite beneficial. I mean, and there's that reason and other reasons perhaps you can go into, but why do you think this trend is becoming, uh, or why has it gathered so much momentum uh, in recent years, do you think?
1: Um, I think people are just realizing kind of the power of technology in general, but the power of technology in a consolidated environment. You know, the data, if it's strong everywhere and, and you know that, okay, something's over here that that matches with something on the left-hand side, but they actually interact quite a bit. How do I get the benefit of all of that data in one place and then do something with it? Really, I think people are starting to realize that you can really shave your costs quite a bit by starting to manage assets properly, or you can figure out, you know, is is something I'm going to put into my city or my airport that is supposed to grow my system, is it actually going to have harmful effects to it instead? So you can start to kind of look at these scenarios and, and operational impacts before you ever build something and then once it's built obviously if you can track and maintain those assets then you're able to see kind of real cost savings in in doing something when it's needed to be done not on a whim or or based off of you know 20 year old documents
0: uh so it certainly to to my understanding helps uh, people get more of a feel about how to make improvements or uh, as you mentioned there perhaps if there has been an oversight or something uh, kind of negative, which they weren't able to predict. So, are there any other advantages or benefits of, of working this way?
1: Um, I think the operational benefits are are kind of where I see the biggest impact, or or one of the bigger impacts. We want to you know understand why a conveyor, for example, why it broke or why it constantly breaks. I mean, you can make kind of guesses based on you know the belt is torn or the motor overheated, but if it's happening constantly. And you can link it to controls data saying, well, there was, you know, a thousand bags more that ended up on this conveyor than we initially expected because of something else going wrong in the system. You can now link a controls failure or controls uh, set of data to like a maintenance problem, essentially, or a belt ripping and hopefully prevent that from happening in the future or at least understand why it occurred in the first place.
0: And this, uh, we, we like this talk of conveyors and bags, Michelle, because obviously on on checking we're all about airports. So I think that leads us nicely into uh, perhaps the next section of our talk, which is about airports. So, so how do you predict digital twins are going to make an impact at, at airports in the coming years?
1: Yeah, I kind of see three three areas. I mean, just asset management in general is kind of done differently across the boards, but now you've kind of got a consolidated way of of maintaining them, but also visualizing them. So by having that 3D model with, you know, being able to click on a conveyor and, and getting the assets that are attached to it, you know, what type of belt is on this conveyor? When was it installed? Um, how much does it cost? Even they can start to actually manage that in a, in a way that's much more visual than what they have today. And then when you start to add in the, the controls information to it, um, you can see those operational scenarios or those simulations of, how to grow your system responsibly, or how to make decisions on, you know, how do we improve the congestion on a ramp? Because we've added, you know, extra sortation areas. And now we want to make sure that the tugs can actually get to them and get to the planes in time. Um, and then of course, once you add in the, the sensor technology or IoT, for example, then you see the benefits of maintaining a conveyor when it's needed, not when it's, you know, thought of or um, something occurred on it or failed, and then you need to react very quickly.
0: The way I see digital twins in my own mind is, is, is obviously it's clear from our talk so far that they are very sophisticated, but I see that they evolve all the time. I imagine that you have a live airport and then the digital twin is, is full of data. Uh, you know, every single uh, touchpoint has probably some data or information attached. So I can imagine that for airports making uh, perhaps a technical change somewhere they can quickly or more easily see where that change might have an effect i guess
1: yeah definitely um we're seeing more and more airports come out with sustainability goals is a, a good example there but they don't really have any way of of measuring their their whole airport but certainly not the baggage system or the operations around the baggage system so in order to start realizing those goals or even understanding them you have to have a way of, of tracking them so you know, sustainability wise, this this already helps them kind of get closer to those goals or or maybe even achieve them.
0: Well that's a great example because sustainability right there is um I think sometimes for airports and in other industries as well, the the model is perhaps a little bit of an unknown. I mean technology systems software bags airports are very used to, but something that is a little bit newer, like sustainability and how is that going to fit into my operation in five to ten years, that's where the digital twin can really bring that information to life, can't it?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And so are there any other benefits to airports? Uh, Like I say, making the future a little bit more uh, realistic and understanding that data. Are there any more benefits, would you say, to airports?
1: Um, I mean, I hope that it's that collaboration piece, you know, working together with not just baggage, but, you know, starting to put in the, the passengers and the ramp movement, you can actually see you know, where, where people are driving or where you can make improvements to passenger experience. That's always kind of number one airport goal is to have, you know, this world class airport with people kind of moving seamlessly throughout it. But because there's no way to track it aside from the little surveys or the happy faces that you hit on the way out of uh, the airport, um, this way they can actually gather real time data and understand, okay, yes, obviously, the passengers were unhappy, it took this long, to get through security, or we have super long lines at check-in. How do we, you know, improve that area to get people through quicker so they, you know, are not rushing to their airplanes or having a bad day? So, yeah, passenger experience, I think, in general, is going to be um, more easily tracked with something like a digital twin.
0: I see, because uh, the passenger experience, it should be alive and well, but sometimes it's, I guess it's how you translate the data, isn't it? You've got all those tiny little decisions like speed of conveyor, for example, uh, you multiply that, and there are other factors. So it's it's, it's like you say it's, it's something that's quite tricky to measure. But but knowing that these these data sets will have an impact on that, then airports can start to build a, a much richer picture of their operations. I guess.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of all about what are you trying to achieve, too, right? Like it's it's something to have all of this data. But at the end of the day, if you don't know what to do with it, or it wasn't the right data to begin with, then you know you're not. You're not going to do anything with it. It's not going to be beneficial to you. But if lines are something like long queuing lines are something that's really important for you to make shorter, then there's certainly measurable ways that you can put that into a digital twin to see the impact.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, because of the volume of data at airports is, as we know, is pretty significant. So somehow cutting through that to find the information of relevance is, is going to be difficult. But I suppose there's that consideration. But um, what are the other factors involved in, in making digital twins more of a reality at airports?
1: Um, I think that the collaboration pieces is number one. You have to be able to collaborate with not only your internal teams, but also the external teams. So that's your your building teams that you work with, or the operational teams, or even airlines have a have a say in kind of what goes in there and and who's going to work with the digital twin. And then secondly, it's you kind of have to know what you want to do with the digital twin in order to get the benefits. Just kind of previously how I mentioned, um, it's really important to kind of structure that at the beginning to understand. Okay, operations is our main focus. That's where we want to start and or maintenance is our main focus. So, you know, you don't want to add sensors on every single conveyor to maintain every asset, if really your goal was to look at the operational side of things, you know, the two don't really match. So I think it's just important to start out with who are you collaborating with, who is going to use the digital twin, and what data is going to be analyzed at the end of the day.
0: Okay. And we talked about uh, other industries, sectors, markets earlier. Do you look horizontally at what's happening in other industries and think, ah, well, certainly something like this or this aspect of what these guys are doing over here that we can, you know, that could, that's relevant and we can use that at airports. Do you see anything like that happening?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're trying. It's so new and it's so large. Everyone's got kind of a different idea of what scope they want and, and their little piece of the market, I guess. Um, but kind of back to that collaboration piece, there's so many people doing this now or trying to get into it that it's important that all of the data can match up at some point. So we're trying to kind of stay on top of, you know, what are some of our, our big GCs doing or some of our big architectural firms in the industry to make sure that if the airport really wants one digital twin at the end of the day, cause you don't really want multiple ones for one airport that everyone's speaking that same data language and we can get it into the same environment. Um, so we're, yeah, we're trying to reach out to, to other key players and, and see, you know, what environment are you using and what type of data do you need just to make sure that, that things are going to link up in the end because you don't want separate twins.
0: No. And uh, as we know, and as we've discovered in previous episodes of check-in, obviously there are so many stakeholders involved at an airport And we know that once one process finished, another organization picks up the bag. And So we know there are so many different players involved. Do do you see that as being a challenge in trying to harmonize data to make these digital twins?
1: Yeah, I think it goes back to who's using the digital twin and, and what they're using it for. It could be two different operational groups or two different airlines that want the same information, but they don't want access to each other's information. So I think consolidating the data is one thing, but then giving access rights or security, um, personnel updates is, is going to be the second challenge. Just, just like you said, there's so many players. Often your customer at the beginning of a project is very different than the customer you have at the end of the project. And then again, whoever is using that data or that digital twin is another human being. <laughs> um, so from there, yeah, it's that it's going to be a large challenge, but. You know, you kind of have to get something started to get it in front of people before they realize, oh, yes, I'm going to use it this way or this is how it benefits me.
0: Yeah, I guess um, with anything new, there's change management, but there is also uh, education, isn't there? There, there is There, a need to understand what the benefits are. So I suppose if this is your um, platform to airports to describe why they should be looking at digital twins, what, um, what are the key things that you would uh, extract and communicate to them?
1: Um I think I would just say that an airport is a is a massive organization but it's also, you know, a little city in itself and so many things interact with each other. Passengers interact with baggage, they interact with the the shops, the baggage interacts with the ramp who interacts with the planes and it's really hard to kind of visualize all of that right now because it's in so many different places. And once you start to kind of work together and and realize you know, in, in a pandemic is a perfect example. Like what happens if I just shut this half of the airport completely off, save a lot of energy. What does that do to my system? Where do I route my passengers? You know, this gives you a lot of flexibility to start making these smart decisions of of what the world is doing, but also maybe how best to run your airport. And we're a little ways away from that, just just getting everyone to work together. But if that's the the kind of dream or the light at the end of the tunnel, I think I think airports will start to see the the benefits there.
0: Yeah, very good. And uh, you said it was early days. So I guess uh, you and maybe your team have had an initial focus or uh, perhaps a set of priorities when it comes to this subject. So without giving too many trade secrets away, can you tell us a little bit about what you and Van Lander have been looking into so far?
1: Yeah, um, obviously we're starting with a 3D model because again, that that houses all of the that good data that you want to really interact with. Um, We're starting to look at how emulation fits into that. So those are kind of those scenarios or what happens um, in your bag haul. And then obviously our controls data is is just as important. So you want that real-time baggage information, you know, where did the bag go? Um, How is your system performing? So those types of dashboards. And then lastly, I think we're just starting to test with some of those IoT sensors so belt tracking being a big one, you know, making sure it's running down the center and not along the edges because that will cause problems. Um, how do we look at the noise levels in some of our, our bag hauls? Cause our equipment's pretty noisy and we have KPIs to meet with a customer of, you know, this is how much noise is an acceptable level in an area where people are working or interacting. So we're starting to figure out how do all these pieces come together into at least a single environment? And then from there, it's really up to the customer of. What digital twin environment do you want or, or what can we recommend to you so three areas the model the operational data or the controls data and the IOT sensors
0: ah very good and uh, I presume uh, you're you're not on your own when you're doing this Michelle so can you tell us a little bit about the the skills and backgrounds of the team uh, that are supporting you in looking at this uh, area
1: yeah I mean we've got a huge team in Vanderland and you know, all of our customers are kind of starting to ask for this. So it's a little bit spread out and into the customer centers. Of course, here in Vancouver, we have our own team working on initiatives. But of course, we've got um, a larger team in Veckel, who's really focused on the, the emulation and the control side. Um, and then an, an innovation team who's actually looking at the IoT sensors. So it's, uh, it's happening, it's it's huge bubble. And, as customers are starting to ask for more and more specific things, obviously our development stream will go there. But yeah, it's, it's a large team in our company that's that's focused on on the goal of having a digital twin.
0: And uh, I'm going to ask a question about the future. And you, you might not thank me for this, Michelle, but it's a, it's a bit of a million-dollar question. So uh, what do you see as being the optimal scenario in the future for digital twins? You know, if there was an ideal uh, landscape where things were really cooking – And how, how far away would that be? So two questions there, you know, what is the ideal scenario and how long do you think it will take the aviation industry to, to get there?
1: Yeah. Wow. That is a, that is a tough one. Um, I think for me, I, I like everything. I like to have as much data as possible and then figure out kind of, you know, what do I want to do with it? How does it make an impact? So for me, it's, it's having everybody in the same digital twin, the, the walls, the HVAC system, the baggage system, the ramp movements, you know, really seeing basically a, a little scale model of your whole airport. And I think when we we talk again about these sustainability goals, like you have to have everybody working together and understanding what you have already and what you're trying to add to it in the future and how those impacts are, you know, making an impact to the environment or making an impact to the decisions you're making to grow your airport. and. And then how do we, how far away are we? Um, that's a good question. I mean, technology moves so fast and especially because this is not necessarily new technology. It's just being implemented in a different way. I think, I think it's closer than we think. I wouldn't be surprised if the next kind of greenfield airport came and said, okay, we want a digital twin at the end of this and everybody figure out how to do that. <laughs> so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it started popping up in the next couple of years. And, and then it's really on us and, and our teams and our external teams to make it happen.
0: Well, that's all we have time for here on Check In, which just gives me the chance to say a big thank you to our guest today, Michelle Mack. Michelle, it's been a pleasure to have you on.
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, thanks for listening and don't forget to check in with us once again when we'll be joined by another Aviation Industry Insider. I do hope that you can join us for that, but until next time, stay safe and goodbye for now.